is the moment UFC fans around the world have been waiting for. It's time! Hello and welcome to episode 24 of the Red Belt Report, the monthly MMA podcast where we talk about everything going on in the world of mixed martial arts. I'm your host, Bob Phelan. And I'm your host, Brooks Phelan. And we're back once again to talk about more UFC. What's up? Uh, same old stuff, man. Yeah. It's kind of like at a, a little bit of a lull in the magnitude of events, at least. Absolutely. Still fights going on. Yeah, definitely some solid fights, but... Coming off of the Connor versus Floyd Mayweather, it's been kind of a, a letdown. It's almost yeah. like though know, uh, they planned it this way. They want to give yeah. people enough time to recover from that pandemonium. So, yeah, I mean, there wasn't a pay per view in August, right? Yeah, and there's barely one in September. Yeah, once <laughs> we'll we get to, once get to November, we'll be all right. Oh yeah, November, December, we're back in action. But uh, yeah, we're gonna try a little bit of a. Different format going forward with the podcast. We'll see how it goes. Get rid of the news segment. Chop off the top five. Uh, and go... When we do the previews of the cards coming up, we'll go more into like a, just an anticipation level instead of trying to go by fight by fight because I feel like we kind of stalled out a little bit there. In the yeah, it drags on a bit. We'll trim a little bit of the fat. We're not like technical experts. We can't break down these fights like... We wish we could, but... Uh, yeah, we don't get paid to do this. We're definitely <laughs> just fans. Yeah, but we'll enjoy talking about what's coming up, but just in a slightly different way. And then we added a final point at the end, which if you've listened to the Red Box Report in the past couple months, it's something we added over there, and it seems to have worked out pretty well so far. So let us know what you think of the changes. Yeah, I think I'm looking forward to it. I think it'll be good. Yeah, maybe make the episodes a little shorter, a little uh, more consistent, with the, yeah, a little more precise and to the point. Yeah, 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 yeah. Speaking of, let's get to the point. UFC 215 happened a few weeks ago. This is Also, we've been trying to record this podcast for like two or three weeks now, it feels like. Yep. <laughs> we uh, got delayed thanks to the Red Box Report podcast running long last week and then some scheduling conflicts. But we are here. And, yeah, I guess UFC 215, the big thing is that two days before the event, Demetrius Johnson versus Ray Borg, the main event, got called off thanks to Ray Borg's quote-unquote illness, which seems like it was more of a weight-cutting issue, but I guess that's debatable. What did you think of all that? Uh, I mean, yeah, it's, it's fishy. It's just like what happened with Amanda Nunez. You never really know which side to believe, and if it really was uh, cause for cutting the, uh, calling the fight off or whatever. It's one thing when people like cut a lot of weight and really get sick because of that, and then another thing when, like, like I said, Amanda Nunes said she just felt sick. So it's kind of like a blurry. You don't know which side to believe, but it is when, especially when you're in a title fight. Who knows when or if you'll ever get another one. So I can understand not wanting to go in at your best. 
Yeah, did you did it affect your uh, you know anticipation of the of the card, or you think it would have made a big difference if it if it had gone through? Uh, I mean, it, I think it the card was already weak in itself. It definitely hurt the card. Yeah, um, yeah, big time. Yeah, it definitely hurt. I think DJ it hurt the most. He's already been dealing with all this drama and bullcrap with the UFC, and then have that happen. Yeah, I'm he sure just... Dana White was probably like loving it. <laughs> Which is so weird because it affects his product, but yeah. yeah, I mean DJ just wants to get this fight over with. I feel like and uh, move on to bigger and better things. But we'll get to that. It got pushed up to next week's event, UFC 216. But yeah, I didn't think this was a terrible card. Like there's still some interesting fights on here, and and they pretty much lived up to uh, their billing. But there was not a lot of star power, name, name, you know, big names, nothing to really draw the people in. When you got, you know, the UFC's like the two champs they hate the most in the main and co-main, and then one of them has to pull out, and literally the event after, basically, he said Amanda Nunes would never headline another pay-per-view. Yeah, here she she was. Yeah, Yeah. so that was kind of fun. I think that's like the perfect Dana White UFC irony. Like, it seems to happen a lot, does it not? (laughs) Yeah, it's almost like Dana White promises something, he can pretty much go and... Put your money on the opposite happening. Yeah, he doesn't even have to promise anything he says. <laughs> yeah, just like I heard rumors that uh, he's going to be getting bought out of his uh, ownership stake and they're really? going to replace him. That's a rumor, but... <clears throat> I didn't hear that. I know he, that Peter's uh, the sole risk there is. Yeah, and he uh, recently said, no, I'm more invested than ever. I'm actually trying to you know, look into the ways to just... In- you even get more involved, and to me, it's like, oh, he's gone. Yeah, right. <laughs> Just because he said that. Well, it's weird. Like with the whole Connor and uh, Floyd fight, they had the Zufa boxing shirts. Is that like an actual entity? I don't know. I, I feel like they wouldn't bust that out unless they had at least like LLC'd that shit in yeah. case anyone else could try to jump on it. But I bet maybe that's what he's going to try to do next. But it would have to be in coordination with the UFC because I don't think. They're going to let him just go promote something else in no, competition. No so I'm sure it'll be an amicable split if it does happen. It's, of course, just a rumor. Yeah, everybody will walk away a lot richer, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. All right, so the actual fights, Amanda Nunes kept her title uh, via split decision over Valentina Shevchenko. First and foremost, how did you score the fight? Um, it's. I mean... I could understand how people could be upset with the decision, and it was a good fight. I mean, I, I don't, I'm not very upset that Amanda Nunes walked away with it. Looking back on it, because if you look back at all the title fights in the UFC, like close decisions when it comes to champions, you really have to take it to them and take it from them to win a decision like that, like George St. Pierre, Johnny Hendricks, and stuff like that. So. I, to me, I, I think I scored it 48-47 for Valentino, but I can definitely see how it could be the other way. Yeah, I completely agree. I had it 48-47 for Shevchenko, but, I mean, the rounds were super close for the most part. It wasn't like, I would not call it a robbery. Yeah. I'd say it was a close fight that I could have seen gone either way. I just happened to have it for Shevchenko. I feel like it was mostly 50-50 in the media, at least close to it, so... Yeah, I, I think a lot of people claiming robbery, it's just too often. You can't claim robbery every time a decision, 
you know, just happens to go the opposite way than you thought. Yeah, and like I said, it's, I mean, if you just look back on the history of decisions and title fights like this, it usually always tends to go to the champion. You really got to take it from them. Yeah, and at least, I mean, Shevchenko was the one that was more passive. Nunes was on, was mostly the aggressor. And it's kind of a matter of styles, but I don't know. I just would have would have liked to seen Shevchenko just put more of a stamp on it to really, you know, it just seemed like she took a round or two off, which is a mistake. I feel like. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I wouldn't. Say, I would say that it probably would warrant a third fight, maybe a, another fight or two down the road. But uh, I don't know if anyone wants to see it though, because I mean, it wasn't. I, I didn't think it was a bad fight, but it certainly wasn't like an amazing title fight or. Or it wasn't that entertaining, that exciting. Yeah, yeah, and I I totally understand that, but it's this division's pretty Sparks. bleak. I mean, I would like to yeah. see like Raquel Pennington get a shot and stuff like that, but I just I don't know. I don't know what other fights are there. Yeah, Ronda Rousey, baby. Yeah, Edmund said she wants he wants him to, her to come back and fight <laughs> Cyborg. Insanity. Silliest thing I've ever heard. Yeah, he just wants to get his name in the papers. He's delusional. Yeah, absolutely. What did um, what did what did you think of Amanda Nunes? She actually didn't gas out in this fight. I was surprised. You know that was a big thing. It's you know if if Nunes is going to win, it's going to be from a you know first or second round finish, and if Shevchenko is going to win, it's going to be by decision. And uh, I was actually impressed that that Nunes managed to, for the most part, keep uh, keep uh, her wind about her the whole way. Although it wasn't like it was a hard press fight the whole way through. Yeah, but I mean, it's definitely good for her progression as like a fighter and as a champion because, like Connor did it in the second Diaz fight, and uh, hopefully he'll continue to do that. It gassed a little bit in the Floyd fight, but I think it's it's good for her and like the, her progression is getting better as a champion and as a higher level fighter because you definitely need to be able to keep a pace for five rounds, and this might be the beginning of that. Yeah, and uh, yeah, the see. She should be in a great spot right now. She beat Misha Tate, Ronda Rousey, defended her title, you know, against a great competitor of Shevchenko who beat Holly Holm. But the weight class is barren. There's, like, no challengers immediately. And you, the ownership hates her. Yeah. It's like... Well, it's silly be because the ownership only... They only hate her because of the one pullout. Right. I mean, it's so crazy. She should be very marketable. I know she doesn't have, like, a dynamic personality or anything, but she's the first to ever, you know, gay champion. And yeah, that's what I mean. They should, like, grab a hold of that and embrace that. Yeah, try to reach out to new markets, and I feel like they should be angling her to move up and fight Cyborg in a super fight. Like, I, I mean, I could see how you wouldn't want that, because you got to keep the yeah, 135 true. division alive, but... But they love their super fights. They should scrap the 145 division within the next year, I think. Yeah, it's not looking too great. It seems like the only challengers are going to be people who move up from 135, which is causing a chasm in that weight class. And it's Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I feel like the better move would have been just 115, and then, 125, 135. And yeah, then, now they got the 125 starting, and people are going to be dropping from 135 to that. Yeah, it's just thinning it out altogether too much. Super. I feel like it's too fast. You should have done 125, and then maybe in a few years, 145, if you're, like, packed to the gills or something. Yeah, I mean, they should. Their contender series should be women in one twenty-five, one thirty. They should start really trying yeah. to build a division thicker. You got to find some talent in these weight classes because it's going to take some time, even when you do find it, to build them up. So yeah, 
Who do you think, final prediction, who's her next title? What is Amanda Nunez' next fight? Who is it against? I would like to see Raquel Pennington. She hasn't lost yet, right? She's on like a nice little run. Yeah, she, she's she hasn't fought maybe. in a while. I feel like her last win was against, was it Misha Tate when she retired her? Yeah, I think so. I mean, she's been off. Maybe she's hurt. I'm not sure, but... She's getting married to uh, Tisha Torres. Right. So, may, I'd like to see her get one more win first, though, before she's a title challenger. I mean, I suppose it's like I've heard talk of Holly Holm coming back and challenging or fighting Cyborg. It's just like it's so thin. It's like I don't mm. think like you really even need that much of a streak. Or, I'd you know, rather just see Holm fight Nunez for that title. I mean, she, she just beat What's-Her-Face, um, the Brazilian girl. Yeah. Uh, Betch Cahaya. Yeah, which I mean, is, I mean, she never she did. has a name from fighting Ronda Rousey, but it wasn't. But she never did fight Nunez, right? Because Tate beat home, and then yeah, Nunez she never beat fought her. Tate. So, I mean, I think it would be a good fight, and then give uh, Megan Anderson the fight against Chris Cyborg. Yeah, that was, but, that was what was supposed to happen, right? Yeah, and then that got pulled off. I can't remember. I don't know if they ever came out with the exact reason why, but... I guess Sarah McMahon was going to be a potential next challenger, but she lost on this card to Caitlin Vieira. Maybe you give Caitlin Vieira the shot out of nowhere, but I don't know. I think my prediction is going to be Holly Holm. Here's a girl from Scotland. Is she at 115? Joanna, Joanne Calderwood? She just lost her last fight, didn't she? She's been losing a lot. Yeah. I don't know. I'm sure maybe they'll just give her some time off, try to let the... Maybe Juliana Pena comes back, gets a win. Pennington gets another win, and then one of them can step up. Yeah, I don't think you have to be on a big tear to a warrant a title shot. Yeah, no. You just got to be at the right place at the right time. Yep, impressive performance. Be ready to go. I think you're you're right there at this point in time. What about Shevchenko? I know I think she might be uh, angling to drop down to 125 once that division officially opens up and. She should get a title shot right away. Yeah, I mean... It's based off her accolades, so. you know. The winner of the Ultimate Fighter is the champion, right? Correct. Yeah, so I don't... I mean, I thought I, I thought Shevchenko looks a little big to cut to 125, but... Yeah, she's, uh, she's kind of like in between. I know she's done it before, so I feel like she'll be able to do it, but she's definitely going to be big for the weight class. Yeah. And, um... I feel like she'll. I don't care who wins out of the Ultimate Fighter. I haven't been too impressed with the what I've seen on the show. I think she would easily take that belt from whoever it was. Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, it's it's just tricky. I don't I don't think she lost too much stock because it, it wasn't a bad fight and she didn't put a bad performance on. Like you said, a lot, a lot of people, people thought her. she won. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, I don't think she's too far away. She's definitely in the top three. I'd say at least still. Yeah, I agree completely. I think in the meantime, you know, Nunes is the title. She's lost to her twice. She's not going to get another fight too soon, especially coming off, uh, you know, the controversy in this fight. And I think she can drop down, win that belt, or at least, you know, fight down there for a little bit. If someone eventually beats Nunes or it's been enough time where another fight is warranted, then maybe come back up. Yeah, that's, uh, I suppose it's, it's it's, just, it's so thin, it's so murky. It just I think anything could happen. Yeah, absolutely. All right, move on to the the co-main event is actually Rafael dos Anjos against Neil Magny. At the end of the day, that's that's crazy. 
But, uh, I mean, it was a fight. It was a good fight, and it was a fight I was looking forward to, but to be the co-main event of a pay-per-view, that's it's a little... That's yeah, I mean, originally you know. it wasn't. <laughs> oh, I would yeah, put Henry sure. Cejudo as the co-main event before that. But. Yeah, I guess it didn't really matter. The fights yeah. were going to be the fights, so... What did you think? RDA, he submits Neil Magny in the third round. Pretty impressive performance. In the first round, right? Oh, that's correct. I wrote down the yeah. wrong number. Yeah, first round. I thought three that minutes. was wrong. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I mean, I was like I've, I've said a few times. I thought RDA was too small for welterweight, and he's proven that he's not. I mean, Neil Magny's a tough dude. That fight against Hector Lombard, he really showed how tough he was. Might have and, took some years off of him there. Yeah, might have. Uh, yeah, I love it when I'm right because it's not very often. <laughs> but uh, I I liked uh, RDA's chances moving up in weight, and I mean, it's only been two fights, granted, but against two pretty decent guys and he's been pretty impressive both times out this was he just basically ran through magni i think their frames it was a bad matchup for magni he's tall and lanky rda is more like compact and uh really used it to his advantage beautifully submitted him and uh crazy enough i don't think rda is too far away from a title shot right now yeah i mean we'll see i mean just the state of the division and all yeah he probably isn't. I mean, do you know what his ranking is from that fight? I'm not exactly sure. I think I have him in like nine, ten range. Yeah, but I was right in the middle of the road there. I don't know. It's what do you? I don't even know what the state of the welterweight division is at this point. Well, it's just tough because I mean, Woodley's taking out some challengers. A bunch of the top guys are coming off of losses like Cerrone, Condit, who is coming back excitingly. Yeah, that's um, awesome. You know, Lawler, he beat Cerrone, but, you know, he had that layoff. I mean, he's right up there, but Wonderboy's coming off the loss. Masvidal's coming off the loss. Maya's coming off the loss. It's just a weird moment where almost everybody's coming off the loss. Yeah. So it's hard to give someone a title shot. <laughs> Not that they haven't done it before, but, yeah, I don't know. It's just he's at least going to get a, a top ten guy next, one of, a big name coming up for sure. Yeah, maybe him and Condit. Oof, I don't want Khan to fight in RDA right now. First fight back on a two-fight losing streak. I think he'd handle him. I'd rather see Khan fight Mike Perry, who we'll get into a little bit later. Yeah. But, um, yeah, Khan against anyone. I'm sold. He's my favorite fighter of all time, so, yeah. of course. But, uh, yeah, impressive stuff there. Henry Cejudo, speaking of, you just did not too long ago, defeated Wilson Hayes by second-round knockout. Pretty much demolished him. Wow. Yeah. Talk about another impressive performance. But it's... I don't know. You think he'll ever get another title shot even uh, with an impressive performance like this? He's got to put a few of them together at least. I mean, DJ just ran through him. But who knows? I mean, Dana White hates DJ so much. He'll probably just do anything just to spite him. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I mean, Cejudo, he looked great. I mean, it's one performance, and Hayes isn't like a world beater, but he's not a slouch by any means. And I mean, it's one of the best. He's up there with, like, Damian Maia's jiu-jitsu skills. Yeah, he just, I mean, the striking is was impressive. I didn't yeah. know he had that in him. I knew he was a decent puncher, striker, with great wrestling and, and whatnot. But, I mean, if he's going to improve this fast in his striking, then maybe he does have a chance in another fight or two. Are you talking about Wilson? Henry Cejudo. Yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, Henry's had a pretty, I mean, he's had a pretty stellar career. He got ran through by DJ, but the Benavidez fight was super close. And then he had this nice win with Wilson. He's definitely not far from the top. Yeah, for sure. All right, next up was a light heavyweight, terrible division. This was on the main card, light heavyweight division. Ilir Latifi. What's that? You didn't see this one? Ilir Latifi defeated Tyson Pedro by unanimous decision. Not much to say here. Um, Latifi just handled his business. I thought Tyson Pedro might have been, you know, a fast up-and-coming guy. Maybe he still is. I mean, it was a pretty big step up from his uh, first two UFC fights. So maybe he just needs some more time in the oven. But uh, Latifi, you know, he's he's solid. He's He is what he is. He's probably a mid-range gatekeeper, and he did his job on that night. Yeah, he's like a... Yeah, like you said, he's definitely a gatekeeper. He's such a like small, stocky dude for like heavyweight division now. Yeah, it's true. It's hard to yeah. ever see him being like a real competitor here. Yeah, definitely. Like a Daniel Gourmet would like run through a guy like him. Oh yeah, without doubt. But yeah. you need these guys in these divisions. You know, everyone has plays a role. For sure. Uh, next up, pretty uh, good fight here. Jeremy Stevens defeated Gilbert Melendez by. Leg destruction uh, oh decision. God, brutal. Yeah, I mean, I say it was a great fight only because Gilbert Melendez got his ass kicked or leg yeah. kicked. Sorry, and, yeah. uh, but he showed a lot of heart hanging For in there sure. and not giving up, and he still had moments of success on his own. So yeah, I mean, he still kept coming forward as much as he possibly could. I mean, by like the end of the first round or so. It looked like his leg bone was, like, popping through his skin or something. Yeah. He had such a big contusion on his leg. It was insane. I thought for sure he had fractured his leg, but I think it actually turned out to be no structural damage at all. It's definitely painful, though. Oh, yeah, for sure. It sounded like he got shot Yeah. and just dropped. I mean, every time he kicked that spot, he just dropped, like, a bag of bricks. And Yeah, it's like taking a Louisville slugger and just hitting your leg with it over and over again. Yeah, your calf, right? Wasn't it the calf? Yeah, yeah like it was like right at the knee-ish. Yeah. Man, uh, how fast has Gilbert Melendez dropped off the mat? Well, you got to really question things when you get popped for steroids and then drop that fast. It's true. It's true. I mean, this guy was a lightweight force to be reckoned with, you know, through strike force and even before that. And I mean, well, back when the strike force days, he was it was like, I can't wait for Gilbert to come and fight the lightweight division in the UFC. And he did, though. He came, and I thought he beat Benson Henderson in that championship yeah. fight. Super that close. Anthony Pettis. Yeah. Him. Then, yeah, I mean, he kind of was doing the RDA thing to Pettis until Pettis snatched his neck. Yeah. I mean, his only win was that Diego Sanchez fight, which was a great fight, but Diego Sanchez is, you know, Diego Sanchez yeah. at this point. Yeah, That's it was not, like a Diego Sanchez fight. It's not like uh, anything to write home about. And then he gets dominated by Barboza and dominated against Jeremy Stevens, of all people, at 145. So he's the most expensive uh, free agent to be, I guess. Is he a free agent? I don't know. Maybe he'll get cut, though. Uh, yeah. I mean, he's getting paid a lot of money. Who, Jeremy Stevens? Gilbert Melendez. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Nah, they'll definitely keep him around. They need him for these Fox cards. And true, stuff. that's true. He does carry some name value. But just to continue on like that drop, it really like, like I said, it you have to question things when somebody pops and it drops that fast, and which sucks because like he's in the camp with the Diaz is, and 
I mean, Jake Shields has popped. It's, I mean, it's, it really sucks when you really have to start questioning everything. Yeah, I just – I don't even care anymore. I feel like it's so frequent. I just assume everybody's using, and it's just a matter of, you know, if they're dumb enough to get caught, then sorry about your luck. Right. Wow, one judge gave it thirty twenty five on that card. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. I mean, that seems – a bit extreme because I feel like Melendez was still hitting him with some jabs and one twos, but the Claudia Gadalia fight. I think two judges did score at thirty twenty five. Hey, at least at least they're taking advantage of the the new scoring system. She got this demolished. We already but. talked about Caitlin Vieira defeating Sarah McMahon by submission. Um, pretty impressive. It's uh, very disappointing for Sarah McMahon, who had been looking pretty good of late and. Started off fairly strong here and then just got caught. I don't know what to say. Yeah, it's it sucks. He's definitely been around the block and hasn't lost too. I mean, she's lost. She's lost to Ronda Rousey, Misha Tate, Amanda Nunes, and now Caitlin Vieira. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's just it's crazy how no one can gain any momentum in, in that division. But yeah. we've already talked about that. So, I mean, that's all I really had to say about UFC 215. There was a couple of decent fights, but nothing really I have much to say about. Yeah, I mean, it would. I think it, like if the DJ fight was on there and he would have put a good performance on and broke the record, I think it would have been a really good card. Or maybe not a really good card, but a decent card. And there was still, like, the top three fights weren't bad. And I even enjoyed the Stevens-Melendez uh, fight, so... All in all, it was a better card than I expected it to be. Will you give it out of 10 if we're going to start doing that? Probably know. like a five and a half, six. Yeah, I'd say six and a half. I think there wasn't much stakes to it, but I mean, the fights that were there were pretty good, entertaining scraps for the most part. So I thought it was a solid card. You're right. With the DJ fight, probably would have helped it a pretty decent amount. So. I don't know. I feel like they at least managed to make something out of nothing. Would have been a great FS1 card. <laughs> oh, for sure. I mean, yeah, would have, probably would have been one one of the best. Yeah. So it's just when you got to pay sixty dollars, your expectations go up a bit. Yeah. Speaking of expectations, I've only got one fight to talk about with uh, UFC Fight Night One Fifteen, uh, and that's Alexander Volkov versus Stefan Struve in the main event. Uh, I didn't see any of this card. All I have is a result here. Yeah. Uh, Volkov defeated Struve by a third-round knockout. Uh, from my understanding, he was getting beat up a bit and then just managed to turn the corner and knock him out in the third round. Yeah, he's a, he's a strong-looking dude, I think. Two tall guys, right? <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, Struve's like, what, seven feet tall? I don't know if he's quite there, but it's, it's like, like 6'11". Yeah, pretty close. Yeah. Pretty close. But, yeah, I mean, it's a good victory for him. Um, but, I mean, do another win or two like that in the heavyweight division, you could be right up there. Yeah, especially heavyweight division. You're always one fight away. <laughs> yeah. The right – just kind of similar to what we were saying with women's right band. Like, time, yeah. yeah. But uh, Volkov, he's 3-0 since he came over to the UFC – so, good for him. Struve, yeah. can't catch a break. This guy's been around forever and always seems like, you know, just when he has a big fight, he inevitably loses it. Yep. Uh, He's taking some beatings, too. 
Oh, yeah. I mean, he had fractured skull, for Christ's sakes. Mark Hunt basically dislodged his jaw off his face. <laughs> yeah, and plus the heart condition. Like, this guy should yeah. probably retire. Right. Uh, UFC Fight Night 114 and down in Mexico. This was a pretty decent card for what it was. You had Sergio Pettis defeating Brandon Marino by unanimous decision in the main event. Yeah, how was that the main event? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> That's a good, good point. <laughs> I couldn't get Cain Velasquez. I guess the next best thing was Brandon Marino. I didn't see any of this card. Oh, really? I mean, it was okay. Um, Pettis looked good. These were two good young fighters, and it was a good good scrap. Pettis definitely won, though. I, I agree with the decision. Uh, he's probably right there up with Cejudo as far as next contender, as long as uh, DJ doesn't move up to Bantamweight or have some kind of super fight type deal. So, you know, who would have thought? Sergio Pettis, <laughs> the best of the Pettis brothers right now. Yeah, right. Because <laughs> he was looking shaky at the beginning. Yeah, yeah, but he's still only like 23 or 24. He's crazy young, yeah. so plenty of time to grow. Same with Moreno. I, I wouldn't lose too much stock in him either. Cover shot Evans on the stand. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Yeah. Uh, Alexa Grasso uh, rebounded from her loss to, uh, shoot, who did she lose Miranda. to? Who lost Alexa? I don't know. <laughs> Felice Harry uh, last uh, yeah, time out yeah. to defeat Random markers by split decision here. Um, it was pretty close. I might have had it for Marcos, but either way, Grasso needed the win. Uh, I think Marcos, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, good win for Grasso. She needed it. 2-1 in the UFC now. She was a big prospect, so hopefully she can keep growing. Nico Price defeated Alan Durban by first-round knockout, and... It was nice. <laughs> That's a big win for him. Yeah, Alan Durban, pretty awesome fighter himself. I mean, not awesome, but... Yeah, he's built himself up a bit, though. Yeah, he beat Mike Perry pretty handily and looked like he was on a bit of a come-up, but Nico Price, man, this kid is a prospect for sure. Really? Uh, yeah, knocked him clean out, so good win there. Sam Alvey, as you mentioned, defeated Rashad Evans by split decision in maybe one of the worst fights uh, in a while, really? <laughs> at least in the past month or two. Uh, yeah, this was not pretty to watch. It didn't matter who won. It was both were losers. Uh, <laughs> Rashad needs to hang it up. I'll this ended you know Rashad was on this card. Yeah, I mean, so under the radar. <laughs> it's just it's it's really sad to see how far someone can fall. It's like the Gilbert Melendez of this period. All right, moving on to. The future, after post-UFC 215, uh, last weekend we had UFC Fight Night 116 in Pittsburgh, the the fight night that I was attempting to get credentials for and was denied. Denied. I uh, wish I would have. It was actually a pretty awesome card. Did you yeah. watch it? Yeah, I saw uh, I think the top three fights and I saw the uh, Olivia Air fight. Yeah, it was good stuff. Um, I'd probably give it a solid 7 out of 10. You know, a lot of action. I think 9 out of 10 fights uh, ended up, you know, with a stoppage of some sort, yeah. whether it be submission or knockout. So good stuff there. Shame I missed out. But Luke Rockhold defeated David Branch in the second round with the submission due to strikes. Um, Rockhold yeah, he actually tapped out. 
Yeah, there's been a little bit of controversy about this. I don't understand why. Why? I mean, clearly tapped out. No, it's just as far as, like, calling him a uh, pussy and... Uh, like, well, I mean, he would, his, his legs were flattened out. He yeah, do anything he was else. helpless. Why take unnecessary damage if he, you know, it's over. Yeah. You know it's over. I see no problem with it, but, you know, macho MMA fans got a, got a macho yeah. MMA fan. So. Well, l- let me just say this. You've heard it here first. Luke Rockhold is not going to go anywhere. I thought David Branch was going to walk away with that fight. He was catching him. He was, yeah. I mean, clean. Yeah, he, he looked called- good, man. I mean... Branch actually, I think, raised the stock with this fight. I thought it was going to be another Bisping fight. He was getting caught on the chin. I thought he was about to go out. I, I, Luke Rockhold is my least favorite fighter in the UFC, I think. Which is, I mean, it's his, I like his fighting style. Yeah, he's a great skills, fighter. He's just too cocky in the, the air he puts off. Oh, my God. He is, a, he is, no doubt about it, a great fighter. He'll probably be a champion again someday, either in middleweight or light heavyweight, but... My God, is he just obnoxiously Awful. arrogant? He's the worst douche. He's like that, oh, that spoiled, you know, privileged rich kid who it doesn't he even matter. He's better than everybody. Yes. Oh my God, he is the worst. He <laughs> but, was getting caught clean on the chin against the cage. I thought he was about to fall any second. And then he talks shit after he he wins, of course. Yeah, telling GSP to pull out. <laughs> Get real, dude. You wish you could even get that fight. <laughs> Seriously. Uh, yeah, Rocco looked rusty, but once he is incredible once he gets you on the ground. he's He wastes no time. For sure. I mean, he's definitely a great all-around fighter. Even a stand-up, like his kicks and everything, they're good. They're awesome. But he like I, that cockiness is going to come back to bite him because he starts lowering his hands. And, you would think like, he'd learn a thing or two after he got caught by Bisping by being way too overconfident. Yeah. You know, but there's no stopping his cockiness, no matter what. Because when he does it, he doesn't do it like where Anderson Silva would do a lot of head movement when he had, the punches came. He just he takes just, him right on the chin. Yeah, he just acts like, ah, you can't hurt me. I yeah. thought he was about to go out any second. I, I will never miss one of his fights, which, I mean, hey, he's a great heel because I want to watch him get knocked out every time I see him fight. So, yeah, there's always that. And there's a possibility now, I feel like. Yeah, I do too. I do too. Um, let's see. I think Whitaker would destroy him. Absolutely. And I hope that's his next fight. Yeah, I would assume it probably is. Yeah, I mean, that would be a great fight. Because Whitaker's takedown defense is top-notch. Like, yeah, he is. A, I mean, he is a great fighter. I really like Whitaker. Yeah, I think he would light Rockhold up on the feet. As far as David Branch, I mean, guy comes in, gets a win over Jocko, and then lo- looks good here before losing. Uh feel like he'll stay in top ten range for sure. Yeah, for sure. Top six or seven at least. Maybe give him, I don't know, Yoel Romero might be tough not to crack, but they're both coming off losses. Oh, that would be a good matchmaking. Would make Ooh, sense. Maybe Jacare. He's coming off that loss. Yeah, that would be a good one too. So. There's definitely some interesting matchups here. Speaking of people that are unlikable, but got to admit at this point, pretty good. Uh, Mike, yeah. Mike Perry defeats Alex Reyes. Late replacement, late, late replacement, like three days' notice type. Yeah. With a flying knee knockout. <laughs> He's, this dude's got power, Mike Perry. Yeah, definitely impressive, but then he talks all the shit on Tiago. And... Yeah, he does some kind of chicken dance and 
Yeah. He's uh, super unlikable as well. Face tattoos. Meanwhile, Tiago lives where the hurricane hit. His dog died. He was. That was. It was just. That wasn't a good mood to pull, in my opinion. Oh, absolutely not. But I maybe he's <laughs> intentionally or unintentionally he's keeping the heel factor alive. Yeah, I mean, I guess it sells. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, I don't know. I liked. He's moving on up. Maybe. I mean, Reyes is nothing. I think he's actually a lightweight who just, you know, took a fight at welterweight just to get into the UFC. So yeah. you can't really judge anything off this Which fight. Which good on but it. Yeah. yeah, for sure. But Perry, I mean, I know he lost to Joban like two or three fights ago, but I think he's got to go back up in that top 15, top 10 range just because, I don't know, He's he's got a name now. He's He can sell a little bit. Oh, for sure. All Maybe... Right. Like you said, Mike Perry and RDA, yeah, it'd be a good fight. Yeah, that would be interesting. Uh, let's see. Or he called out Robbie Lawler. <laughs> yeah. oh, did he? I'd love to see Robbie Lawler just destroy this no, guy. Abolish him. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that would be so heartbreaking if he knocked Lawler out, though. Yeah, that would be. Maybe and, Donald Trump will win and fight him. I would definitely like to see that. Uh, yeah. Real quick, Anthony Smith defeats Hector Lombard by TKO in the third round. Goodbye, Hector Lombard. Yes, yeah, now the call for Hector. <laughs> yeah, seriously, guys, just I don't know. Like he looks the part. First round, he's always acts part, but then well, he just Hector was a champion in what Bellator. Bellator forever, yeah. Yeah, we, I was high on him when he came in, but he's never lived up to it. You high on something? Unbelievable. Oh, never. <laughs> Uh, Gregor Gillespie defeat Jason Gonzalez by submission. I just wanted to mention that because I think this Gillespie guy is a pretty tremendous talent. I think he's a big time prospect to keep your eye out on. Really? Yeah, I would keep uh, it in mind. Keep it in mind. Same with Kamar Usman, who defeated Sergio Marias by first round knockout. That's a good win. That is a good win. That is a good win. He's on like a seven fight win streak. Damn. Uh, yeah, so he should be moving up. Maybe he can fight Mike Perry. Last fight to mention is Uriah Hall defeating Christoph Jocko, which I was very surprised by. Uh, knockout via punches. Uh, when Uriah Hall catches somebody, he catches them tremendously. For sure, yeah. I just wanted this to mention one. Olivier Aubin. I don't know how to say his Mercier? Yeah. I, I've always liked him coming out of... Uh, what is the gym called? The gym is... GSPs. Team Alpha Mouse. Like, yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I know. Sure. With um, <laughs> Zahabi. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I can't think of it either. They're in Montreal. <laughs> yeah, Canadians. But I've always liked them. And, uh, I mean, it was a close, close fight, but I hope he can move up quicker than he has. Yeah, I mean, he's taking a slow and steady pace. That's for sure, as far as... But, he, I mean, it, it makes sense. He's not a guy who they feel the need to rush up because he's not super entertaining. He yeah. doesn't have a personality or a fighting style that's really going to catch him any casual attention. So, it makes yeah, sense. He's, just he's, keep winning, slowly go up. Yeah, yeah. I've just always been a fan of his. Yeah, he's pretty good. He's a good fighter. All right, just talk about fights from just last night over in Japan. UFC Fight Night 117. Shogun Hua versus Ovin St. Prue. Oh, wait. 
Nope. Yushin Okami. <laughs> Yushin Okami steps in from World Series of Fighting, up a weight class, rushes in. He is going to take St. Pru down and just get <laughs> some in. He, he was not even really trying for the takedown. Yeah, he it was, was so half fast. Right? half guard. Yeah, it's crazy. He got Von Flew choked minute and 50 in the first round. Uh, third time that OSP has... There's been five uh, Von Flew chokes in the UFC, and OSP has three of them. <laughs> yeah, I heard someone say they need to change it to the Von Prue choke. Right. <laughs> yeah, it was, I don't it know. It was impressed me. Like, like I said, uh, Okami got that half guard, and OSP quickly muscled through it. And looked like he was going to go for like an arm triangle choke or something. And like I said, I was telling you earlier, I was watching it with my dad, and he, it looked like he was setting up for like an arm triangle choke. And then all of a sudden, Okami's eyes just roll back in his head. He's unconscious. Yeah, out of nowhere. Like his arm wasn't even like around his neck. It was fully an artery blockage type choke, which I guess is what the Von Flu choke is. Yeah, back to back fights that he's won via Von Flu choke. He also beat Marcus Rogerio de Lima. By a Von Flu choke in April. And those back-to-back wins are following three losses in a row to Vulcan Oldsdemir, Jimmy Manoa, and your boy, John Jones. My boy. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, the only really good... Because f- who cares? OSP beats Okami. What does that do for him? He's, he stagnates wherever he was. Yeah, it's... He's a mid-range gatekeeper. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but the real fight of the night was Jessica Andrade defeating Claudia Gadea. Clobbered her. But, you know, I was tremendously surprised when I saw this result because I forgot that the fights were on last night and woke up this morning to see the results. And I was like, damn. <laughs> Thought it was Saturday night. But, uh, yeah, when they read the scorecards, 30-25, 30-26, 30-27, I, I mean, it was that one-sided, but... I heard the right. first round was pretty competitive. That you could conceivably give Claudia the first round, but it looks like none of the judges did. So, no, nah. I just was... am shocked because I thought, but for sure, that it was a clear pecking order: Joanna number one, Claudia number two, Andrade number three. But I mean, to win that easily against Claudia Gadea in a three-round fight, not even a five-round fight. Yeah. Because usually she's super strong in the first two, two and a half rounds and then fades out. But yeah, I mean, super impressive. Super I've impressive. been a big Claudia fan for a while. and I mean, the second and third round, she almost looked like a deer in the headlights. It's crazy. that This just shows how good Ioana actually is. That she yeah. made Andrade look so bad not that long ago. And then Andrade comes back out and makes Galdea look that bad when she's like, you know, right there. It's crazy. Yeah, I mean, she had good, uh, Claudia bleeding bad. I just, I'm in shock. Yeah, I yeah. Like, I'm i a big fan of Jessica Andrade, though. I love her fighting style. She's like a John Lineker, female version of John Lineker. Yeah, yeah. Super good chin. Just come, yep. keeps coming forward, winging punches. Yeah, really pretty Brazilian style. Yeah. Pretty cool, pretty cool. How about Gokan Saki making his UFC debut and only his second ever MMA fight? First one in ten years and knocking out Henrique da Silva in the first round. I did not know it was the second MMA fight ever. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. This is this huge, you know, what kickboxing star coming over trying out MMA and yeah, it was from, a nice knockout. From what I read, he uh, he looked pretty decent early on. Actually, stops and takedowns. People were worried that you know 
he can get taken down by. I'm trying to think of someone who never takes anyone down, but uh, <laughs> he can get taken down by me. But uh, instead, he actually defended some takedowns, took some shots, and looked completely gassed out, but still managed to hit him with the left hook. And uh, uh, he's the guy that broke Tyrone's bones leg. That means nothing to me, but I believe it's important. Yeah, who Tyrone Sprong is? Kind of, sort of. He always. Well, I think he's an MMA fighter too. I think he's in. I think Bellator. he's in WSOF, right? Yeah, something like that. But he's also in uh, Glory. But uh, it was similar to the Anderson Silva. Oh wow! Okay. Checked the leg kick and broke Spong's leg. I mean, Tyrone Spong's one of the best kickboxers of all time. Gotcha. He yep. said he was in the Black Zillions and. Or ATT or something like that. I wonder if he's still with uh, PFL or what's going on there. Who's that? Tyron Spong. I'm not really sure. I think he's been taking some time off. Yeah, I haven't heard his name in a while. I feel like it's actually been a while. he took a boxing fight earlier this year. I mean, he's just in every combat sport imaginable. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but Gokan Saki. I mean, it's exciting. You know, this this guy from a different sport coming in, looking pretty good. I mean, wasn't against the world beater by any means, but light heavyweight could certainly use the name value and the in the prospect of it all. Yeah, I mean, you got to be a really good fighter to get on the main part of the UFC in your second MMA fight. <laughs> yeah, I mean, of course, it's a little bit of a different circumstance, but yeah, I mean, but uh, it's definitely got the uh, credentials. Yeah, definitely the best case scenario. I feel like based off that signing. Yeah. All right, uh, Maestro Dong Hyung Kim, not the Dong Hyung Kim that you're thinking of, the other That's one. It. I was going to think, I was like, <laughs> I thought he was like a welterweight or like Yeah, anyway. this is the lighter, younger Dong Hyung Kim. He defeated Takanori, <laughs> Takanori Gomi, first round knockout. It's crazy they keep Gomi around just to lose on these Japan cards every once in a while. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's so washed up. star over there. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. It's almost like the BJ Penn factor. Right, but yeah, he's just washed out. I mean, I don't know what to say. I mean, he's forty years old. I'm forty years old at this point. True. Uh, last fight I'll mention is UCA Formiga defeats Uka Sasaki with the submission, rear naked choke, first round. UCA Formiga, he's always been one of my favorite guys at flyweight. Yeah. Um, just feel like he's super slick on the ground. He's so great at taking your back and. Has DJ beat him yet? Pretty sure he has, right? I don't think they fought because yeah. I think Formiga keeps losing. Like when right he, before he gets there, he'll yeah. get win two or three fights, then he'll lose. And uh, yeah, I like to see him get a shot one time. Yeah, he's lost to Benavidez, Cejudo, and Ray Borg. Yeah, that's his last three losses, and John Dodson right before that. Yeah, so tough, tough nuts there, but he got a win. He got a win last night. <laughs> <laughs> let's uh, let's talk about the boxing match, the biggest boxing match of all time. Conor McGregor, what? Triple G, Canelo Alvarez. Yep. Went down. Golden boy promotions. Yeah, they're gonna bring boxing back to respectability, show what it's all about. And the fight itself, yeah, yeah, I would say. Yeah, I mean, it was definitely a very good fight. There was no no controversy in the actual fight itself. No, it seemed to me that. Triple G, he won like the middle eight, right? Yeah, I would say he won by at least five rounds. I f- at the least. I feel like I had it, uh, him up by four rounds at the end of the day. But okay. 
Either way, I mean, it was pretty... I don't think anyone, barely anyone, anyway, that I saw scored the match a draw or Can- Canelo winning at all. No. But Which, I mean, Triple G started even a little slow, and Canelo might have taken, like, the first two, maybe three rounds. But the middle of the fight was all Triple G. Canelo came on strong, like, the last round or two. Yep. But the scoring, man, it's just a travesty. It's... If anyone doesn't know, um, one judge had it, I want to say 116-112 for a Triple yeah. G. One, someone had it 114-114 draw. And Adelaide Bird <laughs> had it 118-110 to 110 10 for uh, Canelo. Canelo. That's insane. Which, I mean, somebody should go get her some bifocals or something, which is crazy because she already has a thick Coke bottle <laughs> Is this the wife of Robert Byrd, the yeah. referee from the McGregor Alvarez fight? I mean, uh, Mayweather fight? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's insanity. It's Her insanity. history is just atrocious. I'm pretty sure it was the Mayweather Canelo fight, which Mayweather won by, I would say, at least seven or eight rounds. She scored it a 114 114 draw. It's almost worse if she's not getting paid off. Well, she definitely is. I mean, Teddy Atlas almost had an aneurysm on ESPN. I saw that clip. And he said something, which I don't know if many people call it, like, how about the girl judge who years ago somehow $30,000 ended up in her bank account after a bad decision? It was the Mayweather-Canelo fight. And it's funny that Canelo was on this fight, too. You don't think Golden Boy Promotions is paying her big money? It's crazy. Because it's obviously boxing is kind of known for being a little corrupt and uh, a little <laughs> trying to be uh, you know I don't want to get slandered but it's not it's not even slander I mean when you have people like Teddy Atlas going on Sports Center I mean Teddy Atlas is one of the most respected figures in the boxing world true and, and um, you know this is why I don't watch boxing I mean this isn't the only reason it's just it's one of many reasons it's a big reason why because i actually was like yeah this is pretty cool this was a great fight maybe i could start I watching super excited for this fight i was like man maybe i'll start watching the bigger boxing matches now because this was really fun and then immediately anything any excitement at all got immediately sucked out of the room completely tarnished the whole and thing it, it, yeah it was like what was the point of even watching this then because that is just so absurd and under any circumstance. I, uh, even the draw is absurd. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it is. really is. But the draw is a little more acceptable. but it, it, it is. You could get away with that in a sense. Not even really because it wasn't even that close, but 118-110 for Canelo Alvarez. I mean, it's like... It's the same people. Yeah, it'd, be, it'd be one thing if it wasn't. It was like a not-known judge or something. She has such a history of doing this. It's like so blatantly obvious that it's just like... It's crazy. I think she judges MMA, too. She does, yeah. Yeah, and uh, this is the same judging criteria that two judges didn't give Conor McGregor the first three rounds in the Mayweather-McGregor fight. Yeah. Like, it's... What? I don't... I just don't get it. Uh, Maybe I'm missing something, but it's... It's... There's no excuse in my eyes other than it has to be corrupt. Oh, I mean, it's, I don't think there's any question about that. It's just 
how corrupt is it and where is it coming from? Yeah. Zufa boxing. Save save the sport. Yeah, right. Yeah, I don't know. But uh yeah. I, I, was, I wish I could pull it up quickly enough to say it on here, but uh Sports Center something put like the history of Adelaide Bird's bad decisions and two or three of them were huge MMA fights that she scored so erroneous. It was, I mean, it's it's insane, dude. And if she's just that bad, do not let her judge your fights. Well, it's, that's what it, that's what like Teddy Atlas was saying. Like, yeah, sure, people say the Nevada Athletic Commission is the standard in combat sports, but there's no oversight, and there's clearly a huge amount of corruption going on here. How does she keep getting they, licensed? Well, she's licensed, but the boxing promoters pick their judges. See, that's kind of crazy, too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's insane, dude. But the Nevada Athletic Commission has to approve that and go along with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's yeah. crazy. Anyway, that'll probably be the last time we talk boxing for quite a while on this podcast. But I figure we should get it on there. Yeah, I mean, it's just like, it's crazy. And I've, I was watching a video, just some like highlight video of Wayans or something. And I mean, she's like a nat- uh, Nevada Athletic Commission like official like she sometimes would like stand there and watch the people weigh in on the scale and like confirm it so she's like high up in the Nevada Athletic Commission hmm. it's like it's you have to like start questioning everything yes I'm really like getting disinterested after I watched like that movie Icarus and yeah. all this stuff really like it's crazy man pretty big downer yeah after downer yep all right, so let's turn our attention to some stuff coming up. I guess tonight, as we're recording this, there's a Bellator fight. <laughs> I don't want to think that, uh, look, if my predictions are that spot on, I did not look at the results. <laughs> I'm just that good. No, I don't yeah. even know if these fights have happened, but I want to talk about the main event and co-main event of Bellator 183 because pretty solid fights for Bellator. In the main event, we got Ben Henderson versus Patricky Pitbull, which, didn't Henderson already fight a Pitbull brother? Yeah, I think he fought the younger... Patricio? Yeah. And he lost. Their their names are so close, I get them confused all the time. (laughs) I know. Yeah, I I think he lost that fight. I don't know. I I know Patricky has some knockout power, and Benson Henderson hasn't been all that in a bag of potato chips since he went over to Bellator. Definitely not. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh... I'll give Henderson a decision. I think he'll win by decision. I don't know. I, don't, I wouldn't put a terrible loss past him. I'm going to say uh, Patricky wins this one. All right. <laughs> In the coming event, Paul Daly versus Lorenz Larkin. I mean, this is actually an event that I would be interested in watching these last two fights. I mean, these are... Roy Nelson's the fight before that. Oh, yeah. I forgot to even write that down. So, yeah, solid card for Bellator. Good for them. Good for them. Definitely. I'll definitely check out the highlights after we're done podcasting. But, uh, yeah, I think Roy, Roy Nelson will get a win. I'm sure they're giving him yeah. a, uh, you know. He's fighting Javi Ayala. <laughs> superstar. <laughs> uh, yeah, they're giving him, like, a an easy one to get out of the gate with. Daily Larkin, I think Larkin will definitely win either by late, late knockout or a decision. He's clearly the more skilled fighter, but, of course, Paul Daly been around a while. He's got serious power. Welterweight, yes. Yeah. So, it's a fun fight, though. Yeah, Lorenz definitely, he's coming off a loss here, right? Yeah, he lost the title shot to Douglas Lima on the big uh, pay-per-view event. 
Yeah, so he definitely needs to win this because he took that big free agent signing to here, apparently. Yeah, I mean, Bellator, <laughs> if you think rankings don't really matter in the UFC, then in Bellator <laughs> it's like, why well, even keep them? Yeah. I mean, Benson Henderson got mopped in a welterweight title fight and then got a title fight the next fight. <laughs> yeah, I mean... <laughs> Look, I, I got nothing against Bellator. I actually root for their success just because I'd like to have two promotions to actually care to watch. But Yeah, I like Scott Coker. He did great things at uh, Strike Force, yeah, but I think absolutely. Bellator was a little bit tainted before he even got there. Yeah, I agree. All right, let's move on to UFC 216 next week already. It's kind of kind of came up fast following UFC 215. But um, what do you think of this card? It's, it's a farce. <laughs> it's a farce? Well, only, I only say that because the main event is a interim light heavy, lightweight title fight between Ferguson and Lee, and Dana White already said that basically the winner is no way fighting Conor McGregor. <laughs> True. <laughs> yeah, in that regard, sure. But as far as like the actual fights fight. and yeah, your anticipation level, what do you think? Or, uh, well, especially with the DJ fight on there now, at, at least a seven for my intent, anticipation level. Yeah, I'm at like a heavy 7, light 7.5 out of 10. Yeah. I'm really excited for Ferguson Lee. I think I expect Ferguson to win, but I think that's actually a really good fight. I think they should have some good smack talk this week coming up. Should be fun going into it. And I think they both have styles that will should be an entertaining fight, I have no doubt. Yeah, and I, I would agree where I would think Ferguson would win, but you definitely can't count Kevin Lee out. He's definitely... No slouch coming yeah. into this fight. He stepped up at every turn, at least so far yeah. in his career. But it would definitely be a big, big loss for Ferguson if he Oh, lost for sure. And as you mentioned, you, Mighty Mouse versus Ray Borg. Let's try this again. Uh, I mean, hey, same same reasons to be excited for. I mean, Mighty Mouse, he's just best pound-for-pound pound guy in a sport. It's always a pleasure to watch him fight. And he's going to probably get that. Record title defense. I really hope he does, man. He deserves it. He's one of the nicest, like, truest people in MMA. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And I I still am not the biggest fan, but I just, at this point, I I just love to watch him fight. Uh, Yeah, I've really come on to him lately. Yeah. He's a grower, not a shower. uh, (laughs) Yeah, and I really expect him to put on a dominating performance here. Also, he'd probably be, if if someone were to test positive for steroids, he would probably be the biggest surprise in the sport for me. I might retire from watching MMA if he does. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> what is uh, right in the world at that point? Yeah, it's actually, I, I would have said that before Anderson Silva. And True. You just never know. Well, we never quit this shit. So. Yeah. Ray Borg, though, I mean, he is a good fighter. Yeah, but... Because he's probably a band of weight since he can't make weight. Yeah, so is Henry Cejudo. And True. I mean, just Demetrius Johnson is on a whole other level. It's very similar to, like, the Joanna, you know, to factor. John Jones and... Yeah, it's like... Yeah, sure. Ray Borg, he's great. He's been on a win streak. Uh, he might even be able to beat a, a Cejudo or a Benavides. But that does not mean he can come close to beating Demetrius Johnson. I think Cejudo would work Ray Borg. Yeah, you're probably right. You're probably right. It's, that's a def, especially a tough matchup because of the wrestling. Yeah. But uh, 
I think anyone's a tough matchup against Mighty Mouse. He's just so well-rounded. I'm really excited to see what he does after this fight and see if he moves up. I think he should stay at least a few more fights and try to maybe strong-arm like the UFC and really get what he deserves. Yeah. Maybe you could say, come and get it, TJ Dillashaw. Yeah, I mean, as long like you say, he's been asking for a million dollars on a fight for two or three years. <laughs> well, and doesn't come close to it. At the same time, the facts are there that he's not a huge draw, despite being the best. So, I, but I don't think it's any fault of his own. I think it's a little bit. Well, I guess he doesn't put on the the show that Conor McGregor does, but they don't do his talent speaks for itself. They don't do him any favors, that's for sure. No, there's got to be. And I know there's a lot of casual fans, and that's what a lot of the selling comes from, but there's got to be room in the sport for people that are just truly talented and don't have to put on this demeanor of, uh, like, a character. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, like I was saying earlier, Wilson Hayes is up there with Damian Maia's jiu-jitsu skills. Uh, DJ submitted him no problem. <laughs> I mean, he is a freak of nature. Yeah, definitely. No doubt about it. How about this fight, third from the top? Derek Lewis, back from retirement. It was a long time coming, but he's fighting Fabricio Verdum. I know who you want to win in this fight, but I'm actually pretty excited for this. It'll it'll be a great fight. I really like Derek Lewis, Lewis and I especially don't like Verdum. Yeah, I hope he does that goofy face and then gets punched in it and then... It should be entertaining. Say, I, hope, I, I have a I feeling that... It's just Molly Wobson. I hope so. He's one of my favorite fighters right now. And I'm so glad he didn't end up retiring going through with that. He's especially likable after this uh, Hurricane Harvey stuff. Oh, yeah. You saw the videos of him helping out down there. Pretty awesome. So not only is he hilarious, fun to watch fight, seems like a pretty good person too. Yeah, for sure. He's just a real guy and you can just tell. Yeah, no doubt. And uh, I do like Verdum, especially more than you. But I mean, his talents are definitely there. It's just, I don't like him as, a, I guess, a person. <laughs> <laughs> it is kind of crazy that he was like, he shoots guns with that Kazakh, what is uh, that controversial guy that uh, like hires the fighters to come out there and hang out with him? The Sikh or something? Yeah, they did the real sports thing where he's like, the awful, awful person. Yeah. And these fighters like Verdum and Weidman go out there and get paid to hang out with him. I didn't even know that. Yeah. Chris Weidman? Yep. Oh, God. <laughs> Crazy stuff. But uh, I have a feeling Verdum's going to win, though, as much as I hope he doesn't. Uh, just based off that Mark Hunt fight, I'm sure Derek Lewis will hang in there, but he does get tired fairly quickly in these fights. At least it's only three rounds, so maybe he has a better chance. But yeah. I just feel like Verdum is better conditioned and more well-rounded, so he'll probably win. I think Lewis is going to knock him out. God, I hope you're right. That would be amazing. Yeah. Immediately put him back towards the title picture once again. All right. Uh, Paige Van Zandt making her debut at uh, the new weight class, same as her opponent, Jessica I. One's coming down, one's going up. Flyweight division, 125. I didn't know this was at 125. Yeah, you got Jessica I coming off like a five or six fight losing streak, I believe, in yeah. the weight division. And then Paige Van Sant, 
of course, UFC wants to make a story out of her yet, so... Yeah. Why not Which, try by the way, division? I mean, bantamweight, women's bantamweight is the only division ever of all time you go in a five or fight <laughs> or five or six fight losing streak and not be cut. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and it's not like she's getting whooped every time, like she's losing close decisions. She's not four a terrible fight fighter. Streak. But Oh, it's only four? Okay. Sorry, Jessica. <laughs> yeah. But uh I don't know what to expect here because I mean this is a huge size difference if it plays out to their previous divisions. And I don't know if PVZ is skilled enough to make up the difference. I don't know. It's, I don't, it's going to be interesting. Uh, Jessica, I might be a little bit too big for her. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Like, is the weight cut going to affect I? Is not having the cut weight going to do wonders for Van Zandt? I mean, if Paige yeah, I Van just Zandt... worry about uh, like Jessica's eyes size. I feel like Paige Van Zandt's a little susceptible to be like bullying by size advantage. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I could see that. I, I think it's a toss up as far as who's going to win. I'll say Paige Van Zandt just because. She's I don't know. Women in the UFC. <laughs> well, sure, we'll go with that. And uh, I don't know. I think the UFC is clearly rooting for her here. They. No, I like Paige Van Zandt. I mean, as a fighter, she has some really. I mean, that what that the. Uh, Jumping switch kick she pulled off. Pretty sweet. Was that her last fight? Yeah. Two fights ago. And then yeah. she lost to um, Watterson. Catherine Watterson. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Uh, Michelle. Michelle Watterson. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I've always liked Patriot Sand, and she's definitely a great fighter. I think she's going to pull a win out here. Cool. Unless the size advantage, like I said, is too much for her. Yeah, I could definitely see that being an obstacle. All right, last uh, card fight on the main card. Benil Dariush against Evan Dunham. Solid little fight there. Um, Dariush, he's coming off that fight where he was beating Edson Barbosa for up until he wasn't, when he got flying need out of nowhere. Brutal. Yeah, I mean, I like Dariush a lot as a fighter. I think he's good, and Dunham's been around quite a while at this point. Solid guy, mid-range gatekeeper. I expect Dariush to win, but uh, it's a good fight to start the pay-per-view out. Yeah, I would take Darius. I think it's, it could be almost a bit of a toss-up. You definitely have to question if that kind of knockout takes something out of a person. Yeah, no doubt about it. All right, we're each going to, with the new format, we're each going to pick two fights on the pay-per-view prelims that uh, we're interested in checking out when the time comes. What do you got? Uh, first up, I got Will Brooks versus Nick Lentz. Yeah, um, solid fight. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Will Brooks has stalled a little bit coming into the UFC. Is he coming Def- off two-fight losing streak? Or? I believe so. Maybe a No, he loss. won, right? He beat Charles was, Oliveira, right? Yeah. No, he lost. Rear That's right. Trip. That's right. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, yeah, so, I mean, he's definitely, definitely got to get a win here. He Three needs fights. This. He needs I mean, one. it would be catastrophic if he lost his fight, especially by a, in a bad way. But Nick Lentz, I mean, I don't know too much about him. I know he had that whole drama with BJ Penn, but I don't think they ever fought. And, yeah, uh, I mean, he's been around a while, he's well-rounded, but I don't know. He's, yeah, I mean, he's coming awesome, awful loss himself. But, Will Brooks uh, should win this fight. Yeah, the, the bigger story here is Will Brooks needs to put on a performance here. Or he could be cut if he doesn't yeah. win this one. I mean... Could be packed to Bellator before you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he might be making a... Uh, 
his condolences there, or not condolences. <laughs> what is World Series of Fire called now? PFL, Professional Fight League. Yeah, yeah, could be on there. <laughs> yeah, he might be trying to have a season-long run at PFL. So, yeah. What's your other one? Um, I'm gonna. I don't know if this is one of yours. Bobby Green, Lando Venata. It is. That's okay. We can have some crossover. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Bobby Green is a. It's a good. I don't know if he's coming off a win or loss. Oh, so he's coming off a two or three fight losing streak, but he's always yeah. entertaining. For sure, it's it's a character. He sells. Yeah, three fight losing streak. And uh, Landon Venata had that one spinning back kick knockout, which was just phenomenal. So and that, close, and that close fight against uh, Ferguson. So it's kind of cool that he's on the same card as Ferguson when that's yeah. where he got his start in the UFC. So I just think it has definitely the potential to be a really good fight. <coughs> oh, God. Jesus. <laughs> Choking on a sip of water. But, uh, yeah, I think it'll be a fun scrap. I think it's going to be more of a showcase for Venata. I think it'll be a nice rebound for him. I think Bobby Green is kind of like, he's still exciting, but I feel like his style just is not long for this world. I think he leaves himself open too much. He's more worried about offense and against these up-and-coming guys. Like, I mean, he just got destroyed by Dustin Poirier last time out, and this time I think Lando Venata is going to put on a show, get a nice rebound. He lost to Rashad Magomedov his last time. Okay, well, somewhat recently. (laughs) (laughs) I just don't uh, think he matches up well with the next crop of fighters that have come in. Yeah, he's a little bit too much of a scrappy style where he leaves himself susceptible. Yeah, I'll always appreciate him defeating Jacob Volkman because that guy was so boring to watch and such an ass. (laughs) And Bobby Green came in and beat him. I love him for that forever. But, yeah, I think Lando... Lando's going to take him to the Millennial Falcon and throw him out in outer space. <laughs> uh, my other fight to keep an eye out on is an up-and-coming flyweight guy from, you know, Dagestan, Magomed Bibilatov. Bibilatov? I have, I'm still working on the pronunciation, but this Actually, kid... I Dagestan. Tell me about it. Huh? <laughs> you said you know Dagestan. I don't know Dagestan. Oh, well. All the Russian fighters come out of. Yeah, it's a freaking hotbed of MMA prospects. <laughs> right. But uh, this guy came into the UFC, hot prospect, and looked great eating his cornflakes in his first, or <laughs> frosted flakes, in his, uh, his first UFC fight. And here he's fighting John Moraga, uh, taking a step up. Tough guy in Moraga, but if, if what I've seen... From his first fight and what I hear about him is to be believed he's going to run right through Moraga. And maybe this is a guy that could give uh, give Mighty Mouse some... Or actually, what's his new nickname? Just Mighty. Oh, is that what it is? He changed his nickname to just Mighty Demetrius Johnson. I dig it. And uh, maybe this, maybe Bibilatov could be a guy that could challenge him. <laughs> Sounds entertaining. Speaking Although John Moraga's no slouch. It's oh, no. For sure. Fight. Not Mark Godbeer's on this card. We love his name. Yeah, he is. Name alone, they'll keep him around. <laughs> against Daniel Spitz. Another no, great name. Walt so. Harris. Damn it. Okay. <laughs> Daniel Spitz is on his card, though, right? Uh, I don't see that. All right. Not anyway. according to Wikipedia. All right. Um, speaking of the name, the nickname change for Mighty Mouse, what, did you see the new Reebok t shirts that they're doing for? Main event and title shots. I'm 
I haven't, but I'm, I'm going to guess they're atrocious. Not really. I was surprised. Really? I m- might consider buying one for if the... $100? No, it's not a fight kit. It's just a walkout t-shirt. It's probably still at least 70 No way. I bet you it's like 25 bucks. <laughs> that would be a miracle. Uh, but anyway. But Mighty Mouse's t-shirt was pretty cool. Like if... Really? Uh, if Cowboy is the main event or gets a title shot, I'll definitely keep an eye to see what his uh, his shirt looks like. Yeah, that would be cool. So, I don't know. just thought it was one positive thing that Reebok has done. Yeah. All right. Let's, uh, let's get into our final points and get out of here for this episode. Uh, do you have one? Yeah. I was just going to go into kind of where I don't know how you feel about this. It's kind of like a transition phase right now. Like we said, coming off the high of the Conor Floyd fight, I'll be interested to see how this transition period kind of works out and how the fights that are lined up work out and if it leads to bigger, higher magnitude cards and how storylines work out and what uh, contenders win, which lose. It's like a weird kind of uh, lull in like the... Just the whole sport in general. How do you feel about that? Yeah, we gotta. They gotta get things set back up to have some big fights back to back, right? Yeah, I mean, for people in the know, there's definitely great fights still, but it's just like a weird point right now where it's there's not too much too much insanity going on. Yeah, I mean, that's Anderson Silva's got a fight coming up and all that, but but there's yeah. something real big coming. No, you're right. You're absolutely right. Also, this was kind of similar to what I was gonna. Say so we can kind of just blend these two together. I mean, it's all signs, all roads lead to UFC 217 being a big event, and um, like it's their return to Madison Square Garden, headlined by the return of GSP against Michael Bisping, got Cody Garbrandt versus TJ Dillashaw, Yuani and Jacek against Rose Namajunas, Stephen Thompson versus Jorge Masvidal. I mean, it's pretty stacked at the top. Yeah, that's a phenomenal card. And but, I feel like that's what they're kind of putting their efforts into right now and just trying to have interesting fights around it at this point. And then um, I'm really interested. My point was going to be I'm really interested to see what they're going to do with 218 and 219, which both are in December. One is more towards the beginning, and then 19, 219 is like the New Year's Eve card. Yeah. I mean... What are they going to do for those events? Because I feel like they love ending the year with a bang. You know, yeah, at least in, how December works. The yeah. New Year's Eve card, at least they're going to want to do something big. I know that's where they want to get Connor. I don't know if it'll actually happen. Yeah, a lot of talk of him and Nate Diaz fighting again. That's usually how December works. That would big card like the first week or so of December, and then the New Year's Eve card. Yeah, but. Uh, what do you think? What's your predictions for 218, 219? How are they going to fit this together? Is there anything announced for them? No, nothing. That's crazy. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I mean, Brock Lesnar still in suspension pass then, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I don't, I don't, I really don't know. Maybe they'll put like a DJ TJ fight. I don't know. It's it's. I don't know. It's cause really Cody and TJ are fighting in November. Oh, are they? Is that an, oh, I didn't know that. So it's UFC 217, baby. Oh, that's on there, too? Sure. Yeah, it's a nice card. I thought that was tentative. Oh, it's official. And, um, all right, I'll just give you my predictions and see what you think. Bounce right. off of this. I got UFC 218 headlined Stipe Miocic versus Francis Ngannou. 
That's a really good fight. That would be awesome. Uh, it's in Detroit, so I feel like it's pretty close to Cleveland, right? Yeah, for sure. It would make sense. And then I think second, uh, the co-main event, Chris Cyborg against Holly Holm. Or whoever's yeah. willing to fight her. <laughs> I mean, I, I think Holm would be like, uh, would make the most sense, but Holm's definitely getting fights off of, she did win her last fight, She's on, like, a one-fight winning streak. At this yeah, one-fight win streak. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that would make the most sense, and it would be a good fight, and I would like to watch it. It's just, just it's like, I don't know. It's, I don't think it's warranted Fair. in the in the ranking picture. Either. All right, then just say Cyborg against whoever. No, I mean, I think that fight makes the most sense. It just, if you're going by <laughs> how things should be, which they don't, it doesn't make sense, but. For sure. Yeah, I think those two fights at the top could, uh, you know, that would make it, is depending on what else they fill in there, could make it a pretty good card. Yeah, that's, that would definitely, I'm sure that, like, Donald Cerrone's fighting pretty soon, right? He'll probably be on the, one of those cards. And Yeah, for sure. And Conant wants to come back, so. Maybe Robbie Lawler, yeah. And... Yeah, and uh, 219, I was thinking, I think they're going to pony up the money to make uh, Conant fight Nate part three. Headline, the New Year's Eve card. Yeah, I don't think the money's the issue. It's just... I think it's going to happen. I have a feeling it's going to happen. Yeah, it's just getting caught. He loves the attention. He loves surprising people, getting that hype. He wants... I feel like he's downplaying it right now, saying it's probably going to get pushed back into 2018, just so when it gets announced, it's like this huge moment. And... Yeah, yeah. I completely agree, and uh, I don't think... Them poning up the money is the problem. I think just getting Connor motivated enough to make only 15, 20, 30 million to go through a whole other train camp, which, like you said, he loves it. He loves the attention. And so uh, maybe they will be able to make that happen. Yeah. And co main event, book it, mark my words Max Holloway versus Frankie Edgar. Oh, that would be awesome. Now that's a super card right there. That alone. Because then I don't think. McGregor will ever fight Holloway. I don't think he'll ever go back down to featherweight, but there's just some um, shit talking that's eligible there, you know. Yeah, I don't think Connor could even go back down. No, but it would just be fun to see Holloway or Edgar, whoever wins, kind of call him out afterwards because Edgar probably could go back up to lightweight if he wanted to. Yeah, if uh, I think if Holloway would win a fight like that, he deserves to go to Hawaii and headline a card. Yeah, that would be awesome. That would be yeah. really cool. And maybe some other random ideas for one of these cards. If, uh, you know, Connor doesn't come back, Cormier could come back. I think it might be too soon, but Cormier could fight <laughs> Gustafson or Ozdemir at the New Year's card. Or maybe Tyron Woodley comes back, fights Robbie Lawler or Rafael Dos Anjos. Or you do Robert Whitaker versus Luke Rockhold. Yes, that, if, that fight. Definitely, I think that is what makes most sense for both of those in the uh, middleweight with the GSP Bisping card, or fight being in November. Yeah. So, uh, But to kind of shift back to your, your point, I feel like the UFC has got to earn my excitement level back. Like, I, I've, I've enjoyed the cards the last few weeks where they're kind of low-key, nothing special, but solid fights here and there. I want to start getting ramped back up, and I kind of feel like I'm at one of the lowest points in my fandom in a while. Yeah, but I would 
completely agree with that. But, I mean, it, it comes and it goes. It's always been like this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If you look back on the years, it's always been like this. And last year was pretty big for the company and for the big fights and the magnitude. And but this just feel- is bound to happen. I just feel like sometimes, like right now, it's rare. Like, there's highs and lows, like you said, no doubt about it. But right now, it just feels like there was an event for so long. And when they did come back, it was pretty underwhelming. Some kind of just like couldn't even get two up like i missed those fights last night and i that usually would never happen for me the past few years yeah and And i just want to get that feeling back which every you know it seems like on friday when i'm at work it starts like fights this weekend and then when you know saturday morning i wake up makes that day of work so easy because i'm like i'm just gonna work go home watch the fights like, yeah. I, I don't know, even when it's not like a super pay-per-view or anything, it's just like, I want to get feel that anticipation level come back I, up. I think the end of this year should do that, you know what I mean? With, with this card coming in November at MSG. Well, yeah, even, uh, I'm starting to get it, I think, with UFC 216 actually coming up. Like, I think, you know, this Friday, Saturday coming up, I'm going to start feeling uh, excited for 216, and that's not a super great card, but... I think it's the start of picking back the momentum. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And like you said, we don't know what's up with December, but I'm sure they're going to put some good, good fights together. And so I think they're going to two seventeen is just stacked. So yeah, yeah, we're gonna, they're going to top the rest of this year off, I think, pretty well. And then after that, with the start of next year, I think that's when we'll have to start worrying again. Yeah, no doubt about it. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Real quick, I just wanted to announce I just saw Andre Ward retired from boxing undefeated. He's coming to MMA? No, he just he re- he won. He's undefeated at uh, I don't know what his record is, 30-something and 0. And retired. And uh, he fought Kovalev twice, which I don't know if you know who he is, but I thought Kovalev at least won the first fight. And there's some controversy that he retired because so he didn't have to fight him again. But it's just big news in the at least the boxing world, so... All right. Well, hold on. I'm checking results on the Bellator 183. See if we can get some breaking news. Um, Roy Nelson defeated Javi Ayala by unanimous decision. 30-26, 29, 28, 29, 28. Aaron Pico came back from the devastating debut with, uh, and knocked out Justin Lin via knockout punch. I'm guessing they gave him a real can this time when they thought they did the first time. And Goiti Yamayuchi defeated Adam Piccolotti, <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> via submission, <laughs> uh, rear naked choke. Uh, so the co-main event and main event have yet to happen yet. Yeah, tune in. I'm going to. After our uh, movie podcast? Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right, so yeah, let us know what you thought of the new format. I mean, it's kind of not the best example because we only had one event to preview, but... Yeah, we'll we'll pick we'll keep uh, fine tuning it. Yeah, we'll keep working on it. Try to try to get better as always every every time out. So shoot us an email for the Red Belt Report at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Red Belt Report. I'm personally on Twitter at the Oriole Report. I'm on Twitter at Brooks Phelan. And we will see you in a week. Yeah, yeah. a yep. week or a week and a half. So. Not too long from now, you'll hear our beautiful voices once more as we review UFC 216 and look ahead to the fights leading up 
to UFC 217. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you later. Thanks, guys.